0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NASDAQ Dorsey Wright podcast for the week ending on January 27th. My name is Ian Saunders, and we're joined as well by David Clark. I guess, David, I'm kind of joining you this week because I know that you were on it last week when um, we were kind of bouncing around a bit. So uh, happy to be back on with you nonetheless.
1: Yeah, and last week it was a conversation when I kind of changed things up a little bit talking about sectors, uh, but we are now revisiting equities and we're going to talk a little bit more about international equities today. So hopefully people aren't too tired of us talking about international
0: (laughs) just yet. Not just yet. And I know there's you and I were just talking before hopping on here. Um, There's... Again, no shortage of stuff for us to talk about this week. Um, I felt like that was a consistent theme throughout almost every podcast last week. And we actually accidentally called this year again, 2022 instead of 2023. So hopefully we're a bit more straightforward and clear on on the podcast today versus where the brains were heading into this. But one thing that is straightforward and clear certainly is the default chart of that S and P 500 index and looking at the default chart of SPX. Um, we're seeing clear and consistent movement higher over the course of the past few weeks, over the course of really this year so far. s and is up over 4%. Um, through market movement on Wednesday, the 25th. And then today, we're getting a little bit of follow-through the upside there, getting the S&P 500 to print another buy signal, a fourth consecutive buy signal on that default chart up at a chart level of 40-40, rather, um, showing that real just kind of consistent, steady, stair-stepping movement higher. Um, and we also, over the course of the past week, pushed back ahead of the 200-day moving average is something we'll dive into a little bit more in just a bit um but i mean long story short we're just seeing signs of of bullish confirmation from from many of the indicators on the us equity side and, and a lot a lot as well on the international equity side which we'll dive into but on that U.S. equity side, I think one one indicator, David, that you and I were looking at was that that positive trend for the S&P 500, that PTSPX indicator. Um, this indicator fell as low as 22% back in June of last year, which indicated that only 22% of stocks in the S&P 500 were trading in positive trends. Not not a great sign for the domestic equity space, right? We ideally like to see 50% or more trading in positive trends uh well we are about 50 now we've been above 50 since uh the the fourth quarter of last year um we saw a, a level as high as 68 back in december actually pulled back a little mm-hmm. bit and now we're sitting up with movement this week we reversed back up into a column of x's at 66 so we're not only above 50 we're back in a column of x's that's a it's a pretty solid sign for domestic equities wouldn't you say
1: It is. And it's almost like we're checking boxes right now that we haven't been able to check in prior rallies, which is a bit of a benefit when we look at some of these indicators that, you know, at least we were able to make a higher bottom this time on that PTSPX rather than revisiting those prior lows like we've seen on the last two breakdowns somewhat of a silver lining, you might say. But now seeing that reversal back into X is for PTSPX, but another chart that I've seen and continue to monitor just because I am I'm, I like to look for a lot of the indicators to continue to show follow-through. And one of the indicators that's almost a follow-through indicator for the follow-through indicators uh, is going to be the multiple buy for NYSC, And it's measuring that percentage of stocks that are showing consecutive point-and-figure buy signals on their charts right now. And with this week's action moved back into a column of X's that BP and NYSE chart did at 22%, so suggesting roughly one out of every five stocks uh, on the NYSE has been able to give consecutive point and figure buy signals. We saw this level last year when we saw a pretty good push through early December. We actually saw it rally up to 26%, but we really haven't been able to say really anything more than one out of every four stocks is giving consecutive buy signals since 2022. So now we're looking for that all elusive 30% mark at this point with this particular indicator, still a little bit of a ways off, but, this is the one that shows you that okay not only are you getting stocks you know moving above there whether it be their 200-day moving average back into a positive trend back to a buy signal whatever it may be but this is the one where you're seeing confirmation that you're seeing further upside participation uh just by stocks being able to give consecutive buy signals so helping out there in many ways but we like we've talked about too many of the indicators have shown some positive action and here recently much like the s p 500 it's been because they've been able to move above their
0: 200 day moving average so we've seen some action there too right yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think on that buy signal one, though, one thing I was just kind of noticing and flipping back and forth between some of these indicator charts, I mean, you see 22%. It, that doesn't sound very good, right? I mean, that no. sounds pretty low when you're looking at it. But, I mean, that's a chart that doesn't move around all that much. And as you touched right. on, I mean, that chart reversed higher in July, gave a buy signal in August of last year, turned around right back down and gave a sell signal just just, just less than a month later, right? Then we right. got another climb Back up, gave a buy signal. In November turned right back around and moved lower. This time didn't go back to that low, so that was a a point that you brought up that kind of stuck with me there on that PT um, SPX chart, given that higher low. You see that on the for, folks, for, yeah. for
1: perspective for folks, you know, looking at the especially that multiple buy uh, chart. You know, like you said, it's not something that tends to get at very high levels, and something like twenty two percent doesn't sound great. For perspective, uh, looking back over twenty two, almost twenty three years now. The church only ever been above fifty percent one time, and that was during the dot com bubble days. So, <laughs> it's not one that you see with elevated levels all that very often. Right. But um, is one that you know provides that confirmation, and
0: that's really what we're looking at with a lot of these indicators. Is yeah, you know, we see yeah, some seeing pod- activity. But seeing that confirmation and seeing, I mean, that indicator, even though it doesn't get that high, that confirmation is a good sign. One indicator that has gotten high, though, as you touched on, we saw the S&P go above that 200-day that moving average over the course of the past week or so. Um, and we've seen a lot of names underneath the hood within the broader domestic equities or global equities also move back above their kind of 200-day threshold. Um, so one of the indicators that we use to track that is looking on the fund side of things. So not looking at the stock participation, but on that fund participation at 40-week for all equity funds. Um, the ticker's is 40 mu 0 for those that are following along. We'll also show the chart for those that are following along on YouTube. Um, but this chart rose over the course of the past week. Uh, I believe right at the beginning of this week, got up to a chart level of 82%, um, which 82% for this, I mean, sounds high, right? But what is the 40-week looking at? It's just the percentage of equity funds that we track on the system that are trading above their 40-week or 200-day moving averages. So we're seeing over, uh, over 80% of funds that of equity funds that we track on the system trading above that 200 day moving average. Um, that, that's a good sign for, for fund participation It's actually the highest level we've seen for that indicator. Um, in over a year since going, you got to go back to November of 2021 to see the same kind of level. Then it was a level that was declining, starting to back off a little bit. Uh, but nonetheless, over a year of, of lower participation readings from that, uh, that more kind of classic 200 day moving average perspective good sign to see a lot of names kind of underneath the hood continuing that follow through to the upside it's not just a few names that 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 are that are moving things around there we're seeing some good follow through from a lot of funds and david i know you were mentioning before we were hopping on here that uh a year ago november is a kind of an interesting time to be related to from a fund scoring perspective It is,
1: because if you actually roll over to the asset class group scores page right now and you take a look at just that non U.S. view, you're going to find a number of groups scoring above three within that non U.S. group, which is something really we've not been able to say in many cases in about a year or more. And, And for many of these groups it's their first trip back above three or seeing that group scores th- score above that three threshold since really November, October, 2021 is when a lot of those groups were improving back summer, September of 2021. But we continue to see non-US groups, whether, you know, at this point, it sort of started with Europe and we sort of talked about Latin America there for a while. But uh, broadly speaking, as it stands today, uh, there really is aren't many areas that are faring better than cash and there really aren't that many areas right now within that non-us view scoring below three you know it's probably the most we've seen scoring above three and well probably since that october november timeframe back in 2021 yeah. if we but really of them right yep yeah. yep. Yeah. at this point so That, in addition to seeing money market and really, uh, you were talking about it earlier, the only international or non-U.S. group related within the asset class group scores page right now that's below U.S. money market is frontier markets. Every right. other group has moved back above that U.S. money market group, and at this point, you've seen many of those notable, kind of broader international groups move back above that score threshold of three, and and much so doing that uh, since, like we talked about, since the latter half of 2021, as much of it has been, much of it has transpired since.
0: Yeah. And I think another kind of entry, you sort that that non-US ranking by score direction, only one area doesn't have a positive score direction. And that's, that's India, which had been one of the kind of stronger scoring areas for a while on the non-US side. We've seen that strength back off a little bit from India, whereas other areas have kind of picked up strength. Um, but only one group out of the those broader kind of non-US focused uh, classifications there showing a the negative score direction. And like you said, only one area showing a score below that money market mm-hmm. group, kind of that sub 2.5 score. A lot of breadth that we're seeing from the non-U.S. side, and that's helped that U.S. money market group really kind of get to da- back down into dampened territory, falling down to a reading of what 17% uh, with market movement there through Wednesday. At some of the the lower readings we've seen in uh, in uh, quite a while, there you got to go back to the January. So again, about a year, you got to go back to the January time frame and in uh 2022 to see the the that money market percentile rank scoring at such a low field position
1: well and it's it's like we've talked about you know we folks may think we're quote unquote beating a dead horse when we're talking about non-us and international equity improvement and continuing to talk about it but for the lack of something better to talk to truthfully or to to talk about it's it's something we continue to see and You know, that that recent fall in the U.S. money market group has been because of that non-U.S. and that international improvement. I mean, yeah, you've seen some sectors do it as U.S. equities have been able to rally. And but it's been non-U.S. That's been the primary driver behind a lot of that so-called U.S. money market weakness now developing some weakness relative to other things and really falling below that hundred spot ranking for the first time in probably 12 months sitting around. The score of two and a half, not really, you know, many things within the non US view scoring below that. And even if you look at US right now, there's been a decent number of them that have been able to pop back up. But that that's developing into a picture where finally we're seeing global equities improve above cash and give investors some type of option there. And you know, two of the groups that I've continued to watch on and and within this asset class group scores page they're good sort of proxies for global um, is going to be the all global and international to diversify group. And then today I I was looking at it and comparing it to that all US equity diversified group because they're scoring so close and I was just curious when was the last time they've scored this close. They were scoring pretty close about, you know, I guess to 12 months ago. But really have to look back to that latter part of 2018 or even mid-2018, if I'm remembering right, that you saw all global and international diversified scoring above all U.S. equity diversified. So two of those major groups, one representing global equities, the other representing U.S. equities primarily in a diversified manner showing that international has been the improvement where you've seen that improvement and and almost gained on a relative basis. So again, adding further evidence that we can't continue to really ignore international equities at this point, it's becoming more of the conversation. It's almost like when we talked about commodities last year, it was hard to convince ourselves to think, is this really happening? But, you know, we saw what, what happened with commodities. We don't have a reason not to believe at this time that we might see the same amount of international equities, at least for the moment. Yeah. Um, and because yeah. of that, I mean, you have to pay attention to what funds you might be taking exposure to. And, and this is where sort of sparked some of the conversation is looking at something like ACWI, which says it's a global fund versus ACWX, which is gonna be XUS. So, you know, looking at those two charts right now, both have given consecutive buy signals. Both have rallied pretty notably here recently, but when you look at ACWX for that non-US piece, you've seen that it's able to rally above prior resistance. It's now trading at a level you haven't seen since April of last year. And additionally, you've seen ACWX move back into a column of X's on its market RS chart. So showing that on a relative basis, the fund is improving against the S&P equal weight here recently. And it's the first time since 2018, that that chart has been back in a column of X's. So not only are we seeing sort of more near-term things that say, okay, international is really starting to prove itself, but now we're starting to get some of those more intermediate to long-term things, such as, you know, you all global and international diversified, moving so close to U.S., equity diversified, even seeing this ACWX move back into a column of X's against the S&P equal weight. It's been some years since we've talked about those, so... Well, we'll uh, see if they can continue to show that follow through. We uh, sort of ride with international equities right now.
0: Yeah. And I think part of that too, David, I mean, you said kind of beating that horse on that front. That's because we haven't we haven't been able to really talk about it for what, almost almost 20 years at this point. I mean, it's been what, 15, wow. 20 years since we've seen some of these international readings or we've seen international equities ranking ahead of the domestic equity representatives. Um, I mean, even like on that group scores comparison, I mean, you've seen international move ahead, of that or that broader global international diversified move ahead of the U.S. SECU diversified over the past 15 years, but it hasn't been able to stay there. And so I think that's right. going to be the real important thing to keep in mind is is that when we're looking at these, these scores have certainly happened. We've seen these some of these changes happen from a scoring perspective, haven't seen as many changes from an RS perspective. And that's giving us a little bit of credence to look at, OK, this is definitely something that we want to keep an eye on because when we haven't been able to talk about for so long, it's probably pretty important that it's happening again. So mm-hmm. yeah, I know that there is um I mean, ho- hopefully we'll be able to continue talking about international equities over the course of the next couple of weeks. So hopefully people aren't <laughs> aren't getting too sick and tired of it, and 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 we'll we'll continue to be able to discuss it there. But as with all the other movement, there's been a lot of other movement that we've seen seen going on. I mean, we won't we don't have time to dive in all the, the cryptocurrency movement and stuff over the course of the past week or so. We, we'll, we'll devote a podcast in the near future to that. So <laughs> um, might take us we'll, a few hours, but we'll, we'll yeah, exactly we'll, we'll tune tu- tune in for a special weekend weekend special so david and i can really hammer that out um but with that i think that wraps up most of what we were looking to kind of touch on this afternoon um so thank you david for for hopping on here let me join you here and thank you very much for yeah thank you very much for everyone tuning in this week and we look forward to having you back next week